more the top management wants internal commitment from its employees, the more it must try to involve employees in defining work objectives, specifying how to achieve them, and setting stretch targets. We might well ask whether everyone must participate in order for empowerment to exist in an organization. In principle, the answer is yes. In reality, there is a but. It is unrealistic to expect management to allow thousands of employees to participate fully in self-governance. The degree to which internal commitment is plausible in any organization is certainly limited. Moreover, the extent of participation in corporate goals and aspirations will vary with each employee's wishes and intentions. At SmithKline Beecham, in one of the most far-reaching programs for employee participation that I know of, management used a merger as an opportunity to build empowerment. Throughout the entire organization, more than 400 task forces were created. Yet to this day, top management does not believe the internal commitment has been generated throughout the entire company. Their realistic assessment is that not even all the employees on the task forces feel empowered. To be fair, it is important to remember that empowerment is a goal that organizations approximate but never quite reach. The fact is that it is possible to have various levels of commitment in an organization and still get the job done. Curiously, employees have no trouble understanding the need to keep within bounds. In all my work, I have yet to find employees who make unrealistic demands about empowerment. For top management, then, the essential thing to know is that there are limits to internal commitment. Employees do not understand. In fact, they usually resent executives preaching internal commitment while continuing to demand external commitment from the rank and file. Indeed, a great source of discontent in organizations is that top-level managers continually risk their credibility by espousing empowerment too glibly. Clearly, if it is internal commitment that provides the kind of outcomes that CEOs say they want, then they must be realistic and judicious in their demands for it. But the problem goes deeper because the framework that most organizations are now using to transform themselves discourages employees from actually taking responsibility in their jobs. Major change programs are rife with inner contradictions. By this, I mean that even when these programs and policies are implemented correctly, they do not and cannot foster the behavior they are meant to inspire. If the inner contradictions are brought to the surface and addressed, they can be dealt with successfully. That is, they will not inhibit the kind of personal commitment that management says it wants. But if the contradictions remain buried and unacknowledged, as they usually do, they become a destructive force. Not only do they stifle the development of empowerment, they also sap the organization's efficiency by breeding frustration and mistrust. To illustrate, consider the advice that currently represents best practice for implementing and promoting organizational change. That advice breaks the process down into four basic steps. First, define a vision. Second, define a competitive strategy consistent with the vision. Third, define organizational work processes that, when executed, will implement the strategy. And fourth, define individual job requirements so that employees can carry out the processes effectively. The underlying pattern of these instructions is consistent with what change researchers and practitioners have learned about effective implementation over the years. Start with a clear framework, a vision, and progressively make it operational so that it will come alive. So that no one will have any doubts about how to align the four parts of the process, management is advised to speak with one voice. This process makes sense. It's rational. Yet the process is so riddled with inner contradictions that change programs that follow it will only end up creating confusion, particularly at the implementation stage. Given that all the steps have been so precisely described through a set of instructions, the advice actually encourages more external than internal commitment. 
Clearly, when employees' actions are defined almost exclusively from the outside, as they are in most change programs, the resulting behavior cannot be empowering and liberating. One immediate consequence is that employees react to the change program by quietly distancing themselves from it. Thus, the change program is successful in terms of improving performance because it helps reduce mistakes, as in the case of TQM, or because it helps employees embrace best practices. But at the same time, it undermines internal commitment. In short, the advice for implementing change simply does not provide the new source of energy that many executives want. But the real danger is that change programs end up poisoning the entire corporation with long-lasting mixed messages. Internally committed employees interpret these messages as do your own thing, the way we tell you. They reluctantly toe the line. Employees who prefer external commitment will also pick up the mixed messages. However, these people will be relieved because they feel protected from having...